Our final scripture reading comes to us today from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1503. 1503. Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it receive the reward from their Father in heaven. Well, where we left off last week, Jesus had instructed his disciples to be perfect as their Heavenly Father is perfect. And we saw that what, what he was referring to was for his disciples to be complete or mature in both their understanding of God's Word and in allowing that Word to shape and transform their hearts. If they were to have a righteousness that surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, then they must put on the perfect righteousness that can only come from Christ, allowing Him to sanctify them from within. And now here in the beginning of chapter 6, Jesus gives to His disciples a warning. He is cautioning them to the danger and the temptation that comes from such righteousness. But this danger is not always easy to see. For it comes in the, in the form of something good and beautiful. But deep within, it is rotten to the core. Let's look at verse 1 again and see what this danger is. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. What we see in this verse is Jesus transitioning his sermon from exhortations to make change from within to warning his disciples of what could happen once they do begin to live that righteous life. Pride can creep in and pervert such righteousness. Being good can become addictive particularly when one receives praise for doing so. It is the applause that we crave, the cheers of men, a good deed here that receives a thank you, a righteous act there that is welcomed with adulation. And the next thing you know, a man begins to look for opportunities where his good works can be seen by all. What this amounts to is a change in motivation. Instead of doing these acts of righteousness out of a devotion for God and a love for your fellow man, these things are now done in order to be seen by men, 
and to receive glory. And when this happens, the actions of a man become more about him and less about those whom he is helping. So Jesus warns his disciples not to let their acts of righteousness be seen by men. Now, you may be wondering, isn't this a contradiction? Didn't Jesus say earlier in his Sermon on the Mount that we are supposed to be light? Aren't we supposed to let our light shine before men? Let's take a look back and see exactly what Jesus actually said. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So, is, is Jesus being self-contradictory here? Apparently, we are, we are to both show our good deeds and hide our acts of righteousness. So which is it? The, the key to understanding this comes in the direction of the praise. For instance, in Matthew 5, when Jesus declares that you are the light of the world, that you're supposed to display your good deeds before men, why does he do this? In order that those who witness these good deeds may praise your Father in heaven. So the focus is on God's glory. However, in Matthew 6, verse 1, when Jesus says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. This phrase, to be seen by them, speaks more to one's intention rather than the publicness of, the, of such an act. The question is, is, is one doing these things for God's glory, or are they doing them for their own glory? We see a great example of this in the book of Acts. Look at Acts 14, verses 8 through 10. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet! At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Here we see an, an act of righteousness done publicly. Let's see what, what happens next. Look at verses 11 through 13. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. As you can see, this is the praise of men to its highest level. These people were ready to worship both Paul and Barnabas. Needless to say, this is not the response that Paul was looking for when he had healed this man. 
Look at verses 14 through, through 17, through 18. But when, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. What did Paul and Barnabas do? First, they, they, they tore their shirts, taking a posture of humility. Then they pleaded with the people to stop worshiping them. Then they proceeded to tell them about God and of His great kindness. You see, Paul's intent in healing the man was for God's glory and not his own. And this is what Jesus was referring to in Matthew 6. In our society today, we, we train ourselves from a young age to desire attention for the good works that we do. As a kid, if you, if you do all your chores, you want to be told that you've done a good job. If you get straight A's on your report card, you want the praise of your parents. If you win a basketball tournament, you, you, you put your trophy on display for all to see. And as adults, we're no different, are we? We seek the praise of men in, in all sorts of different fields. It could be the, the, the top salesman or, or the teacher of the year. It seems like in every profession, we, we celebrate those who have outstanding achievement. We even give out the Nobel Peace Prize to the world's top do-gooder. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying that these are bad within themselves. But they have a tendency to, to train us with wrong motivations. A person should not try to excel in their craft in order to achieve some type of prize or to seek the glory of men. No. They should excel because that is how they can best serve their fellow man and bring glory to God. Now earlier I said that in verse 1 Jesus was transitioning his sermon. He's moving it in a new direction. So verse 1 acts for us as an introduction to the next 17 verses. Put, put verse 1 back up there again. It says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Here we see the, the pattern that Jesus will follow as he introduces three of the chief acts of Jewish piety. The giving of alms, prayer, and fasting. And the pattern, pattern goes as follows. 
First, Jesus gives a warning not to do this act of righteousness for the sake of worldly, worldly praise. Second, Jesus gives a guarantee that if they do those things for that reason, they will receive their earthly reward, but no more. Third, Christ then shows his disciples how to perform these acts of righteousness in secret in order to protect themselves from their own pride. And finally, he gives assurance that the one who sees their secret act will reward them. So let's jump into this first act of righteousness, the giving of alms, and, and see how this plays itself out. Look at verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Back in the days of Jesus, there was no government assistance to those who were in need. Rather, the poor were taken care of by the generosity of others. We, we saw this in our first scripture reading today. Look at Deuteronomy 15, verse 11. There will always be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land. It was expected for the people of Israel to care for the poor. And Jesus had the same expectation for his disciples as well. Put, put verse 2 back up there. Notice Jesus didn't say, if you give to the needy, but when you give to the needy. There is an expectation that Jesus has. And this expectation is that Christians, people who are his disciples, will give to the poor. But when they do so, they are not to announce it with trumpets. Now, this wasn't a real practice. Nobody was going around blasting their trumpets every time they gave. Christ was using an idiom here. It's kind of like our English saying, tooting your own horn. And maybe that's where our saying came from. I don't know. Essentially, Jesus was telling his disciples not to make a display of their giving the way that the hypocrites do. Now, I find it interesting that Jesus uses the word hypocrite here. Now, why would he call someone who, who just gave to the poor a hypocrite? I mean, it seems to me that helping the needy demonstrates both love and mercy. What's hypocritical about that? But that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, deep down, these men neither had love nor mercy within their hearts. What Jesus was pointing out was that these hypocrites were only giving their alms in order to brag about how much they gave and to be honored by men. They didn't truly have a heart for the poor. Rather, they were lovers of themselves. When I was a child, I figured out early on that when you behave, life becomes a lot easier. 
And I, and I learned this from watching my older sister. She, she was always in trouble. For she was constantly talking back and butting heads, particularly with my father. And it seemed like she was constantly grounded. What, what I realized was this, that if I was just well-behaved and kept my mouth shut, life went a whole lot smoother. In other words, I was, I was a good boy, not because I was good, but because I was looking out for number one. It, it, was, a, it was a false piety. And this is what we see in these hypocrites. They only gave their money because of what they got out of it, which was the honor of men. And because of this, they had received their reward in full. But Jesus, he desires that your giving be done in secret. Look at verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Now this, this is difficult. What, what Jesus is asking of his disciples is nearly impossible. Not only should their giving of alms be done in secret so that they won't be tempted towards the praises of men, but they were to also not let their left hand know what their right hand is doing. This, this little phrase that Jesus is using here can be a bit confusing. What Jesus is not saying is to donate your money and then somehow magically forget that you had given it. Now that would be impossible. But what he is saying is this, that even without the praises of men, a person can give in such a manner that is still self-serving. To not let the left know what the right is doing is to give to the poor without the intention, with, without the intentions of making yourself feel good or to, to ease your own conscience. Basically, it's, it's to, to give to feel good about yourself. Doesn't matter if anybody else knows. You know. It can be tempting to serve one's neighbor in order to check off that box, in order to fulfill your good deed for the week. You give a gift, whether it's to a church, or a food pantry, or to a missionary, or wherever. And it can be even done anonymously, but once it is done, you, you give yourself a little quiet, con congratulatory pat on the back. You've shown your charity, and so you permit yourself to feel good within. Essentially, you become your own cheering squad. <clears throat> Dear friends, do you, do you see how insidious our sinful nature really is? Even our righteous acts are tainted with selfish desires. What Jesus is asking of his disciples is to look closely at their true motives. Are you giving out of some sort of self-interest? Maybe to ease your own conscience? Or do you give because you actually love your neighbor and because you actually love God? 
For it's only the latter that will receive the heavenly reward. Look at the end of our passage. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Nothing is ever really done in secret. Your heavenly Father, He sees all. He even peers into your very heart, knowing your deepest motivation. And when He sees a gift given out of love, He rewards such acts. How does He reward? The text doesn't say. But you can be certain of this. Any reward that comes from the hand of God is far greater than the prizes that man doles out. But even if it wasn't, it wouldn't matter. For the motivation is not in the prize, but it is your love for your neighbor and your devotion to God that motivates you. In fact, this may be the reward that you will get. The satisfaction in knowing that the money that you had given is really God's way of blessing someone that you love. Think about it. The, the, the life of this neighbor whom you care for just got better because you gave to them. And that is, that is a reward that the hypocrite cannot enjoy. For he doesn't, he doesn't give thinking about those who receive. What's it to him if, if their life just got a little bit more manageable, so long as he is the one given the credit? Not so for Jesus' disciples. They are to be driven just as he is driven, out of a love for those who are in need. After all, is this not what he has done for you? Spiritually speaking, you were poor. You had no money, no righteousness to count your own. And you were in massive debt due to the sins in your life. And yet Christ came to you giving of all he had. He took upon your debt, placing it upon himself. And he paid the full price as he suffered and died upon the cross. But he didn't leave you penniless either. For, for he gave to you his righteousness. A righteousness that is so valuable that you are now richer than Bill Gates could ever dream of. Brothers, sisters, Jesus gave this to you not to gain the praises of men, but out of a love for you and out of his devotion to his Father. This is the alms that you received from your Lord and Savior. So give, not to receive praise or glory, but out of a love for your neighbor and, not, and to bring honor to your Father in heaven. Then, your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let us pray. Father, we are a prideful, prideful people.
Even in our giving, we, 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 we taint it with our sin. Help us to, to turn from that and to turn towards your Son. Send us your Holy Spirit to, to change our hearts. Help us to, to give out of a love for our neighbor and out of a devotion to you. Lord, turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. We need to be changed from within. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.